Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, February 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Uber investors cheered on the promise of profits on Thursday. Donald Trump vented at Boris Johnson over China's Huawei in Britain, and Elliott Management has built a multi-billion dollar stake in SoftBank and is demanding change. Plus, we'll hear from the FT's Tom Hancock, who has been quarantined after reporting on the coronavirus in Wuhan. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Nearly nine months after Uber floated on the public markets, the ride-hailing company says that later this year, it hopes to turn its first-ever quarterly profit before taking out money for essential bills such as tax and interest. The company had predicted hitting this milestone for the 2021 full year, and it reiterated that goal in a call with investors on Thursday. The improved outlook follows a stronger-than-expected fourth quarter of 2019. A surge in bookings helped Uber trim its quarterly losses. The net loss of $1.1 billion in the December quarter was a shade less than what analysts were forecasting. The news sent Uber's share price up by about 5% in after-hours trading yesterday to just under $39 each. That's on the back of a rally that's seen the group's stock rise by about 40% from lows plumbed in November. It is still well short of its listing price at $45 last year. And now, a story about a rise in tensions in the so-called special relationship between the U.S. and U.K. Last week, Boris Johnson announced that the U.K. would use Huawei's equipment in parts of the country's 5G mobile network, something that the U.S. has been adamantly against. And Donald Trump called the U.K. prime minister to let him know just how livid he was with the decision. Several London and Washington officials told the FT that the two leaders had a phone call last week where the U.S. president vented, quote, apoplectic fury at Mr. Johnson. British officials with knowledge of the conversation said they were taken aback by Mr. Trump's language. Prior to the call, the U.S. and U.K. had only made muted public statements about their differences on the Huawei matter. Mr. Johnson went ahead with including the Chinese telecoms group in Britain's 5G plans even after the U.S. voiced its opposition over security concerns. Since then, both countries have agreed to collaborate on reducing how much Britain uses equipment from Huawei. U.S. Attorney General William Barr suggested yesterday that the U.S. should consider buying a controlling stake in Ericsson and Nokia to help build a stronger international competitor. And Elliott Management has built a $2.5 billion stake in SoftBank. The activist hedge fund is known for its aggressive public campaigns against companies, chief executives, and even the government of Argentina. Sources tell the FT that now the $38 billion fund is pushing Masayoshi Son's tech conglomerate to make some changes. One of those changes is to boost the share price with a $20 billion stock buyback. Elliott is also requesting governance changes. This comes at a sensitive time for the Japanese tech group. Some of Mr. Sun's high-profile bets, think Uber, Slack, and of course WeWork, have all suffered publicly this year. They are all housed in the Vision Fund, SoftBank's investment arm, and earlier this week, the FT reported that a top U.S. executive at the fund, Michael Ronan, was planning to leave, citing issues at the fund. When asked for comment, SoftBank said it, quote, always maintains constructive discussions with shareholders. It also said it's in complete agreement that the shares are deeply undervalued by public investors. And here's a story you should know more about. 
the coronavirus has rippled through the global economy as well as claiming many lives. China says that 31,000 people have been infected and more than 600 people have died. One of those people was the doctor who warned early on of the risks of the coronavirus. He died after being infected. Li Wenliang warned fellow medics in late December of seven new pneumonia cases. But Chinese authorities accused him of rumor-mongering and forced him to retract his statement. Censorship has been rampant in China as the central government tries to control information about the spread of the virus. Tom Hancock was reporting for the FT in Wuhan when the city went into lockdown. And now he's under quarantine in the UK. Tom spoke with the FT's Andreas Paulite about how Wuhan's local authorities handled the outbreak. I think it's clear that they were slow to warn people in Wuhan that this could be a serious virus against which measures such as staying inside, hand washing, maybe not going to work, maybe travel restrictions and so on. They didn't tell people about those or say that they should be necessary until several weeks after the virus had been discovered and identified. And there's serious questions about whether or not that was um, too late. It does seem that they delayed their response, partly because there were important political meetings going on in the city of Wuhan, which is a provincial capital. The local press, although it did have some reporting on the virus outbreak from early January, The reports were not given that much prominence in the local media. And so when I arrived about five days before the travel restrictions were imposed and about six days before the Lunar New Year, people in Wuhan were generally aware that there was some kind of virus outbreak. But a prevailing view was that it was under control and that there was not need for too many extreme measures. And that changed uh, dramatically a few days later when the government imposed travel restrictions. This is obviously a big internal shock for China and one that can't be blamed on outsiders. How badly might this tarnish the Chinese leadership? I think the uh, impact on legitimacy is definitely an interesting one. It's clear that many people I spoke to in Wuhan were cynical about the official numbers they were getting from the government about, for example, how many people were infected. And there's been a lot of anger around the country at the perceived poor way that the local government handled this crisis in its early weeks. There's also another emotion which is quite strong in China, which is that there's a sense of pulling together around a national effort to try and stem the spread of this disease. And that is something which, in theory, could boost the Communist Party's standing. I think personally that a lot of how this will play out in the next few months depends on how successfully the central government can deflect some of the criticism towards local officials such as the mayor of Wuhan and to what extent the anger spills over towards the central government as well. Tell us about the situation you're in now. You're in a hospital in the Wirral in northwest England with other British evacuees, I believe. Yes, a number of countries around the world, including Japan, France, the US, Germany and the UK, have put on flights to evacuate their citizens from the city. In most cases, there are some kind of quarantine for people who return, and it varies in the kind of severity uh, that is imposed. In some countries, people such as Japan, people who have been tested and proved negative for the virus have been allowed to self-quarantine at home. That's also been the case in the Netherlands. In other countries, such as the UK, 
there are much stricter measures and we are currently being held at a medical facility. We've been told that we won't be able to leave for 14 days. There are no visitors. So conditions here are quite tough. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help from Gavin Kalman and Michael Bruning. And before I go, I want to talk about an exciting event we've got coming up a live recording of the FT's UK Politics podcast. Presenter Sebastian Payne, along with Miranda Green, Robert Trimsley, and George Parker, will turn their attention to what lies ahead for Boris Johnson as the UK and the European Union try to work out a new relationship. The live show will be on Wednesday, February 26th. Go to live.ft.com podcast for more details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.